Welcome back to Season 2 of Many Windows. Again, my name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host... Jennifer McGlemory. That's me. Hey, Jennifer. So we're now in the second part of our interview with your former student, Sam, a student who was in your school in grade 8 after having uh, transitioned uh, from grade 7 to grade 8, came to your school um, identifying uh, as female and had some experiences in your school uh, related to being transgender. And this is the second part of our interview and our kind of reflection on your interview with her. And uh, in our next episode, listeners, we'll, uh, we'll segue from talking with Sam to talking with Sam's mother yeah. about, uh, about her experience of being the parent of a transgender student in the year 2020. So, uh, so Jennifer, lead us into uh, our next uh, uh, our next clip of Sam. So, our theme of last episode last was, time, right? Was how great you know everything went. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It, how great the eighth grade year went. Yeah. How easy it was to come out to her parents. How supportive everyone has been. Uh, so one of the things that I asked her next in the interview was if she could talk a little bit about her seventh grade experience okay at the former school where where it was more difficult okay trying to you know wanting for us to be able to glean some advice to give to people or just for people mm-hmm. to hear how hard it is I think for kids who are trying to go through this experience this transition right at the same school at a place where everyone's known them as one gender and then they want to transition usually pretty publicly then right uh, right to another gender so let's hear from sam okay in seventh grade, I tried using the pronoun she and her, but all these homophobic uh-huh. children were being like, no, you're a he, him, and you have to go by these pronouns, or else you're not a holy child of God. And I'm just like, okay, go off. <laughs> and, like, I wore female clothes at my old okay. middle school. uh-huh. And I wore makeup sometimes, too. I styled, I dyed my hair, like, um, pink so people could think I was a girl at first. Uh-huh. I purposely spoke a bit higher so uh-huh. people could think I was a girl. In, but in eighth grade, I really started transitioning. Like, I um, started taking estrogen. I got a puberty blocker to stop the male hormones. Then I got my estrogen, and I've been on my estrogen. <laughs> Sorry, I just died there for about a year and a half now. Okay. And yes. And you're please. Are there any negative side effects that you've had As with estrogen? Oh, constant headaches, moodiness, um, not wanting to be awake just wanting to fall asleep because you're tired mm. like sick and tired of this whole world and stuff and yeah that's basically what I th- think sometimes about the estrogen because like I get really I get mood swings because like with estrogen you get more mood swings because females have more mood swings than males so it sucks sometimes yeah. wow yeah so here we're yeah. starting to get into the real nitty gritty right of going through this transition, not right. just the social aspect, right? The physicality of it, right? All. Her lived experience, yeah, right. Um, not sure that that I would say that 
uh, mood swings or moodiness is a gendered experience for uh, teenagers, at least not in my experience as a school person, mm. right? But maybe they function differently or they're experienced differently or, you know, certainly her experience is uh, I seemed to be sort of in this range and now I seem to be in this range, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm attributing it to estrogen, which may or may not be causal, you know, for the student, but nevertheless, it's part of her lived experience. Well, that's one thing yeah. that's interesting about Sam is she's so matter-of-fact about it. Right, yeah, thing. for sure. Um, and it, there's something interesting in that, too. Yeah. Uh, but her struggle with just trying to transition only through makeup, hair color, clothes choice, Right. she soon found that it had its limitations. Right. Um, her mom actually gets into this, the uh, piece of how do you make that decision of when to start a hormone blocker yeah. and when to start hormone replacement. Yeah. Because of, co- of course, for any parent who is has a child who's thinking of transitioning, these are huge uh, decisions for them to make. Right. So... Um, it's I like hearing from Sam her opinion on it um, and then she starts now this part of the interview we start talking a little bit more about some of the um, going to children's hospital and oh, wow, yeah. her, the different groups that she's a part of okay um, so she tells me that she went to children's hospital for this appointment the uh, the, the therapist that she had been working with Uh, recommended to her mom that she get a referral to go to Children's Hospital because they have one of the best um, whatever counseling yeah therapeutic uh, yeah not just therapeutic uh, like actually the doctors that have helped with making these decisions about hormone replacement when to have surgery surgeries all of those things Children's Hospital really seems to know what they're doing has experience with all of this yeah right? right right and just like you pointed out right then it's that the counseling and the therapeutic piece is so important and that you don't do one without the other right 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 so sam because i mean because at the beginning of the clip right blah 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 you're not a she you're a he Mm -hmm. you're this holy child of god kind of Mm -hmm. stuff which um i always find judgmental Mm -hmm. um a Generally, a fundamental misread of the uh, of the callings of all of the major faith traditions do not call their followers to act in this kind of way. Right. And yet, followers often do because they are substituting their own interpretations for what their scriptural, mm-hmm. you know, narrative ought to be informing them. Right. Right. And you know, it is a reminder that even though she was in your school and had a good experience, largely. Right. I think that there are some listeners who, looking back on that first episode of this season, would would raise a, at least a yellow card or a red about the change in the bathroom right. kind of kind of conversation. The students' perception of her experience at your school was largely positive, mm-hmm. and in stark and dramatic contrast to the previous school. Yes. Yeah. So that's an important takeaway. That's a true statement. Yeah. Um, Sam mentioned in the interview with me that when she got to Children's Hospital 
And she had her first appointment. She thought she was going to get shots. Like she was going there. She was really worried about it because she thought she was going to get the shots right away. And of course, no, they did start with having her talk to a social worker. Her parents talked to a social worker. You know, all of these pieces were in place. But then she happens to mention that they gave her a survey. And the way she talked about it, I realized, oh, she's part of a study. Because she talks about how she would go like every six months and have to fill out this long survey. Huh. And she loved it because she got like $100 for, you know, the really long one. And, oh, yeah. Uh, she loved yeah. this part of it. And I thought, so she's you know, part of a study. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. You know, she's part of a study. <laughs> uh, so I asked her a little more about okay, what kind of questions oh, are nice. they asking you in this survey? Because, of course, I was interested. So I wanted okay. to share so what did she that say? with you. What kind of questions do they ask you on this survey? If you're like, there's like at least 200 questions. Whoa. It takes me about an hour to complete the survey, which sucks because like, it's like really boring sometimes. But some questions are like about transit, like about mental health, about like mm. how your life is going and stuff. And like, they, like how, if you're like what you've done this past week and like if you agree with like this decision that people are making it's mm-hmm. like a ton of questions that are kind of pointless but yeah mm-hmm. the parent survey so there ah, is a parent survey but okay. he's doing it so i didn't get to find out more about what's on the parent survey but i was interested you know again sam's so matter of fact and nonchalant about everything but you know you just kind of caught what the a little bit about what the questions were like that she's being asked about. Sure. And she's very aware of the mental health component. Right, right. And so I thought uh, that was interesting. We talked a little bit more about that. I have another clip um, where I start to ask her a little bit about that connection between mental health and um, transgender issues because she had brought it up even, I think, earlier on in the interview. She seems to have a real awareness that, that they're the two can be tied together for some kids. So Right. Well, and certainly for, for her, her experience. That's right. For her. It would be virtually impossible. It would be totally inauthentic to separate her gender identity. You know, she uses the term gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. which is this notion that despite what society is telling you, you have a different gender identity than the one you were assigned at birth or the one that your your local environment is trying to reinforce in you. So right. I, I actually looked up the term dysphoria. Okay. Because um, both Sam and her mom use it and I could tell that they're using it in a very specific way. Yes. Um, so the word dysphoria... By itself means a profound state of unease or dissatisfaction. Yes. So when Sam talks about gender dysphoria, she is talking about for her her complete dissatisfaction and unease with her penis. I see. So her mom in uh, the next episode talks about uh, that being the real reason why she doesn't want to change in the locker room with the boys. Right. She does not even want to see another penis. Right. Or it's not even, it's interesting because it's not so much about them seeing her, it's her having to see it all around. Got it. Around her. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Okay. Um, 
not what I was expecting, at least. I think I didn't have a very good understanding. But we we um, we hear about body dysmorphia and right. dysphoria with eating disorders and things right. like that. Um, so it's in some ways, I think, associated with that. For sure. But Sam talks about in this next clip a little bit about kind of depression um, and some of the things that that she knows about. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she's faced some of this. She knows that she has anxiety and yeah. Yeah. struggles a little bit with depression. Is you know how closely correlated, how related is that even? with the her gender identity crisis that maybe she went through right maybe they're completely separate maybe if she didn't have any gender identity um issues at all she still would have possibly Tourette's and right because i think too often maybe we lump it together too much these the um anxiety depression you know mental health uh, completely related to her gender identity. It's hard to know with a, with someone like Sam and probably with a lot of people, where are they separated? Where do they stand alone? Where are they completely dependent upon one another? Is it yeah. the, yeah, the yeah. gender dysphoria that's causing the anxiety or are the two separate and just happen to be um, kind of like coexisting? Run. Yeah, right, right, right. right. And that, and that um, but clearly probably exacerbated by her gender identity. Um, well, one would probably start a therapeutic exploration yeah. of a question. Or her questioning. From I should the what I should be right. saying is her questioning her her gender. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I have I have been diagnosed with a number of uh, um, anxiety related and other kinds of issues. She says. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Starting in fourth grade. Starting in fourth grade, when I have not really conceptualized a sexuality or gender distinction to the point where I could name it and come out about it or ask for help about it, right? So there's that doesn't mean it isn't going on. It's yeah. just that well, you know what her you know, it just it's all me. of this cluster. Her mom right? said. That in second grade, she came home and said, I'm not cool like the other boys. Right. I don't like superheroes. I don't like sports. I don't, right. you know, these kind of things. So she, as early as in second grade, was feeling an alienation, at least from right. some of the boys. And she was she played with girls more often. Right. Um, so she already was starting to feel a schism. For sure. Socially. For sure. And that that probably contributes in part to what she's talking about. Yeah. In terms of that mental health side. Yeah. Right? But yeah, people are complicated. Yeah. And right? I, I also just hesitate to say, okay, so the anxiety comes up and then a couple years later you realize... Um, you know, there's the gender dysphoria, right. and oh well, guess what? Transitioning to the gender that she feels that she should be is going to solve all of those other mental health problems, right? Like I right. won't hesitate to say, like, oh no, but I could see how you might go down that road and just start to attribute and look back. All of these other issues right. of anxiety and depression right. are all related 
to the gender dysphoria. Right. But no, Sam talks and her mom both talk right. about them all as very separate issues. Right. And that's that reads to me as a as a mark of wisdom. Yeah. Right. You know, we've we've learned and work in therapy. Right. <laughs> Big time, yeah. You know, you and I have done enough work in statistics and data analysis to be very suspect of any claims made to causation. Right. Right. And given the complexity of this person's life and of all people's lives. Yeah. Even any claim to correlation. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah, you you're not over that line. Yet. Yeah. And yet what we know is that she has these experiences that are discrete and that when you add them up in the young person's mind and experience, you get a kind of gestalt that shapes her way of dealing with the world. Okay. We we also know that transgender people are, have a higher percentage of anxiety, suicidal ideation, Uh right? They are, they are among some of the most at risk. Indeed. People in the mental health circles, right? It's Indeed. one of those, when they go through the mental health checklists and who's the most at risk, well, if you are transgender, um, you are you get a huge bump on that at-risk right. uh, assignment there. So there is something, there of course is something to that, and we could probably spend hours talking about that, but I would like to have you hear from Sam about this part. Okay. This probably... They're just probably asking a ton of questions about depression because trans people are more likely to have depression than normal people. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Because, like, there's some kids who are not even out yet. They're, like, they're like depressed because they don't know, like, what their gender is. Like, they're still trying to figure that out, but it sucks because they, they probably don't have supportive parents. Their parents mm-hmm. probably are expecting them to, like, have gender-associated roles, which sucks for them because it actually really does suck. So yeah, it's probably because of that. Like, trans kids are more, like, supposedly more depressed, statistically more depressed than regular people. Mm-hmm. Cis you, people, yeah. Cis means cisgender means you go by the gender you were assigned with at birth. Right. Rather than continuing to frame this as, you know, normal and me. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is kind of yucky. Yeah. And it always, it just cracks me up always to hear her. It's it's a time capsule, right? It's this moment in time, mm-hmm. and so she has some of the language and words that I'm trying to learn and remember mm-hmm. to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, gender association, or just you know things like this. These terms that she uses, right. cisgender, right. All that, that she uses that I'm trying to get better at using correctly. I find myself even as we're recording this. Um, tongue-tied because I'm worried, am I using the right terms? I'm trying to remember what the right terms are. And I'm so stuck in that that I think I end up saying the wrong thing. Right, you don't want to dishonor people. Yeah. Right, but by the same token, you can't talk about it and learn anything unless you talk about it and make whatever mistakes you're bound to make and learn from it, right? There's a great book that, um, that I read that's, I think it's marketed as young adult fiction, but or as young adult, excuse me, it's nonfiction. Okay. It's called The 57 Bus. Okay. 
And the author, I wish I could remember her name right now. I'll have to look it up at some point and put it in the notes. Um, But it's an incident that happens up in Oakland that happened, I think, around 2013, 14. Oh, wow. Okay. On a bus. And it was a transgender youth who's like age 16 who goes to this private school on the hill. So if you know anything about Oakland, there's the hill where, which is a very wealthy area, and then the lowlands are, <laughs> that are very impoverished. And so there's this this bus route that goes kind of right down the middle. And so there's a transgender youth on the bus from this private school, and then there's a there's a group of boys from the local public school that are on this bus together. So the um, I'm trying. Sasha is the uh, their name and they are sitting at the back of the bus Sasha prefers the pronoun they, they in the okay. book so it says they are sitting at the back of the bus and they are dressed in a skirt and I think a, kind of a dress vest so Sasha likes to kind of combine the different gender okay. uh, clothing. clothing Yeah, and so Sasha has on a, a gauzy skirt but also appears male wearing a skirt to these 16-year-old boys, three boys who get on the bus. Sasha's asleep kind of in the back of the bus. And the boys are joking around with one another and one of them dares the other one, you know, to, to light Sasha's skirt on fire. Oh my God. And he does. And the skirt, the boy named Richard says later, oh, I just thought it'd be a little bit of smoke would fizzle up and he'd smell it and wake up and stomp it up. The whole thing whoosh, goes up. Oh my God. And the bus driver pulls off and people are, are you know, pouring off the bus and they're, they've got someone, a good Samaritan on the bus, I think pulls them out and rolls Sasha on the ground to put out the fire. Sasha oh ends up with second and third degree burns on their leg, all over their leg. So it recounts, it kind of starts with this story. And then the author goes back and through interviews, transcripts, text messages, Mm. um, Mm. trial transcripts, okay, tells the story of this boy Richard and what he's gone through. And then Sasha's journey of kind of being there on this bus and going through some of these gender questions. Yeah. Sasha's parents, uh, Richard's mom and counselor to school who's really trying to help him out. It's an amazing book. That's astounding. It's a great story. It's all, every word of it is true, but it's not told in a, in just your typical fashion of a nonfiction right, book. Right, right. And some of the chapters just stop and give all these terms you know cisgender and here's the definition non-binary here's oh i see yeah definition and there's i just remember that and it was it was my first real introduction to some of these terms and i read it with my um adult book club and we were talking about you know are you familiar with some of these because there's something like there's like quasi you know cupio romantic there's all these different uh terms that we as old people are not familiar with <laughs> and it was a great education so uh, it just is, made is, is Sasha okay yes Sasha okay. lived through it okay and um, and then there's a trial 
Yeah. And so, and you're definitely learning about Richard and some of the things that have happened in his life and, you know, and Sasha and the things that have happened in, in their life. And, and then it goes through the trial to out the other end, if you will, the book does. Wow. Yeah. It's really good. The 57 bus. It's called. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. That's a good one. So, um, you know, all kind of thinking about these, the labels and I get, I get tripped up on the pronouns and I actually asked Sam a little bit about this. Okay. uh, About how do I know somebody's preferred pronouns? And so here's Sam's advice on that. Okay. I have never asked them before. Like, I know if you're non-binary people, but they told me, but like, it was basically just at trans meetings. Like, there's like trans female to males, male to females, and then there's non-binary people. Like, you can just see what they're, like, what group they're in just to assume their pronouns, which works almost all the time. So, would you, is this, do you think this is a good rule of thumb for me? If I see somebody and I'm not sure what their gender is, is that when I should ask them what their preferred pronoun is? I'd say that you get to know them first, but, like, use they, them, because they're, like, the neutral pronouns. It's, like, imagine it's, like... Like, say that there's a girl dressing up like a boy, um, and they look a lot like a boy, but they still go by she, her. You don't, you don't want to use male pronouns to offend them. So, like, I would just use they, them until, um, you get to know them, and then you can, like, ask them what their pronouns are, and, and you can, like, know what their pronouns are once you find out. You'll do better than if you probably follow your own. Yeah. Right? If you're, if you're of a certain age. Or of a certain training or experience. Yeah, right? I really like that she said, you know, get to know them first, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, if people are concerned that new people they meet might make assumptions or get something wrong, they might find their own way, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, uh, anytime I'm in a new context a new environment even if i'm presenting to a general audience uh i rarely will will let 10 minutes pass without a reference to my partner Mm -hmm. right and using the word partner to refer to a life partner right is to people of a certain age uh, a tell right and because we both go by the same first name John and John, yeah. right? I get to, I get to sort of embellish that partner story a little bit, and make it clear, right? Because, and I'm sure Sam would agree with this if I were talking to her. Um, you are never ever finished with coming out, hmm. ever. You just you're never done um, because you're always going to meet new people, mm-hmm. and when you do, you have a choice, right? And my choice is. I don't want to. I don't want to allow so much time to pass that I get asked, uh, you know, how long have you been married to your lovely wife, mm-hmm. right, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Which, you know, that kind of makes me crazy, right? Why are you making these presumptions, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I, I get I get where she's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can tell, like I was saying earlier. The language that she uses where she goes back and forth between the, these technical terms and 
the word sucks yeah, <laughs> to, right, yeah, to describe right. it. Um, like I said, you can tell that she has been part of in therapy and part of support groups. And I know that her, as she was telling me about um, being involved in children's hospital, that there right. are support groups. So I asked her more about that too. Yeah, yeah. That's what the next clip is. Okay. Um, I am in one. It's a, a small group. I don't. The big group. Um, all the girls talked about was playing video games. Oh, and like, interesting. And like, the, all the girls talked about was like not trans stuff. It was just video games, and like, all they did was play board games. But in this smaller group I have, we do do that. But we like actually talk about trans stuff. We don't talk about video games the whole time. We don't mm. like talk about oh my god boys or oh my god girls are so hot. Didn't make any assumption. <laughs> No, that's all you. Sorry. That's all me. Love Darn. you. Love you. Um, because uh, the uh, playing of video games mm-hmm. is um, in some parts of the industrialized West actually more more women play than men, and in the United States it's sort of fifty five forty five. Mm-hmm. They men and women play different kinds of games, right? Right. And get different kinds of satisfaction from game play. But the idea that games is a gendered uh, mm-hmm. notion is just not true. So I have no idea whether it's a bunch of trans girls, cis girls, trans boys, cis. But I don't know what I don't know who she's well, she's gonna, in there with. I'm gonna ask her, and then I'll let you know for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, I didn't make I didn't make any assumptions. Um, what What is clear is that for Sam. The other students in that sort of group therapeutic context share things mm-hmm. with each other that don't rock her world. Yeah. And I mean, and, and then it was like, oh, boys, girls, eh, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could just as easily have been uh, they all like K-pop. Yeah. Or they like... Uh, uh, you know, horror movies or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. Where instead of a, a well, there are different kinds of support groups, right? For sure. Support groups where you're trying to meet people who have a shared experience. Right. And if you're all uh, were have changed genders, then that is a really important shared experience. And it right. sounds like Sam wants to talk about that. And the others maybe are just trying to um, find people to uh, have social experiences with. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, right? Maybe. That's a in, in that very short clip of trying to kind of understand what it is that was she was dissatisfied with. But I could see how that would happen in a group of young people. And they're just trying to relate to one another. And so they're sharing... Things that they enjoy, but she really is ready to talk about some of the more difficult issues. Right, right. That she's facing. Right, yeah. And probably sometimes kids come to those, like, okay, this is my time. This is the place. I can bring up these things that I can't bring up anywhere else. Nobody else in my life has these same experiences. I want to talk about that. And then that would be frustrating to go to a group where... Uh, the rest of the kids there are just kind of wanting to use it for a social right. environment. Right, right, right. For sure. Yeah. I asked her a little bit about, I'd been thinking about um, 
you know, how, how was it to start at a new school and try and make new friends, all new friends, carrying a secret? Right. Because that was something that I, I think I said in last episode, I was worried about when she was coming to my school is that she's going to try and form real friendships and relationships, but she's going to have this secret or, or something that she's hiding. Right. And does that make it difficult then to be to make real friendships with people if you're hiding something very important to you, a big part of who you are? Right, right. So here's what she has to say about that. Okay. It was last year. Like, like August is when school year starts. I told my closest friend um, that I was trans in October, then around, like, um, December, um, my choir teacher yelled at me that I that she said I wasn't allowed to change with the girls because I was trans, even though it was just a misunderstanding and that she thought that my mom didn't want me to change with the other girls. So then two more people ended up finding out because they were involved with the situation, two more friends. And then, like, January, February, March, April, May, I just told at least, like, ten more people about my situation, and they all accepted me because, like, at least half of them were LGBT. So, Yeah or mean-spirited or whatever, but rather, no, no, that's actually kind of what it, what was going on, Well, right? Or at least that's my takeaway. So she, I, I felt like she's a little bit conflicted herself, and she does this a lot when you're, okay. right, in, in the few little clips we've heard, but particularly in the interviews, she, she kind of leaks out her feelings initially, and then it's almost as if she thinks a little better of it and then tries to add this caveat right and that's what i felt she did again because what slips out which if you wanted to take it that you would slips out is that you know the teacher yelled at her for right. being transgender i mean she essentially says something like that or for changing you know right uh, but i think the way she said it was like for being transgender or something like that and then she right. but then she backpedals a little bit and tries to explain oh 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 no 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 that wasn't totally it and she like i said last time she has a real fondness for her choir teacher she really does but this incident was very hurtful to her and i remember her uh, her mom told me that that night after this whole thing had happened she went home and she was talking about suicide again it was that oh wow significant for her in that okay and she did not okay. want to come to school the next day and um she she didn't go to choir the next day and it was just it it was all kind of happening luckily her mom was so good about being in touch with myself and actually yeah. one of the other assistant principals who had been there that the night of the concert yep um she was so open with us that we were able to react pretty quickly and kind right. of get things solved in 24 hours. Right. And it didn't completely go off the rails. Right. But I think a lot of uh, a lot of parents maybe don't have that kind of relationship with the school that she has. For sure. Uh, and that makes things more difficult. Um, but yeah, Sam, um, she really quickly talks about how she first came out to this one friend in October, which I remember her mom yep. emailing me about yep. that. And was yep. like, oh, are she going to be able to keep that secret? And then the what happens in over winter break. And then how, she, according to her, she starts telling people, a few more people in her in her group. Right. Um, and that, again, as everything that Sam is so positive about, it all 
worked out pretty well for her. Right. Uh, so I did I did ask her a little bit more about that first person that she told in October. Okay. And I said, tell me about that. So I have right. that clip. Okay. I didn't like plan to tell them. It was like on, Insta- on an Instagram story. It's like put your deepest secret here and like make it small so no one can see it. So like there were a bunch of secrets. I can like try and find it right now like really quickly. Sure. But like there were like a bunch of secrets and I made mine really small so no one could see it. Um, and then I put um, an extra secret there so people could just, could just think that um, – that that other secret was probably my secret, and I just, like, the trans thing was, like, not even, like, had to do anything about it, but, like, the other secret I put there was, like, I've been, like, physically abused by my, by my parents, even though that's not true, but in the, and then the second one was the actual secret, which is the trans one, and, like, oh, here it is, here it is, it says, yeah, here it is. Oh, my gosh, okay, so what I'm looking at. Press and hold so the story doesn't go away. Is like a oops. oops that there. wasn't right. Okay, so this looks like a giant. It's almost like a digital bulletin board. It looks yeah. or almost looks like a chalkboard. Yeah. And then it says, "Put a tiny secret here," in big white letters across the middle. And then there's all kinds of. It almost looks like they were cut out of paper and then taped on here, right? Mm-hmm. And it's but like it's, some of the you secrets- can barely read them. They're really small. Mm-hmm. Some of the secrets are, like, about suicide. Some of them are about yeah. abuse and relationships. Some of them are about, um, some of them are just silly things. Some of them are about anorexia and bulimia. Mm-hmm. And then my secret's at the bottom right corner. And then the fake secret I put was um, under the put word. Mm. So, yeah. So, is there... Is, there's no way for someone... Like, if I stumbled across this on Instagram... I would not know that it was your secret, right? Yeah. You don't know who any of these like, secrets belong to. There's se- tons of them. Yeah, but like some of them, some of the older ones just blur out because of mm. the camera quality. So you can like the ones that look the most clear are probably like the person's, um, the person's secrets. Like there's this one that looks really clear, but it's not secret. Um, it's not my secret. There's this one that looks really clear. It says I'm going anorexic. Even I hope that person feels better, but like. That was not my secret, but it do looks... You, do you think that stuff like this is a, a way for kids who, who are afraid to say something to anybody? It's like a good first step. Like put, you're like kind of putting it out there, but it's anonymous. Yeah. It's like, there's like extremely blurry ones on here that I can't even read. They're probably like the first tiny secrets that you were supposed to put there. Mm. And like... And then my, after that, like, my friend viewed my story and she asked me, like, she'd put the two C, she, um, like, it was a coincidence because, like, she asked me if, like, two of the secrets that I actually both put on there, even though one of them was false, like, if they were actually my secret, um, she asked if I was trans or if I was sexually abused, and then, um, I just told her I was trans off the bat because I didn't want her to, like, get extremely worried mm-hmm. about sexual abuse, even though that's not what I'm going through. And I honestly wish I did not put that there because that's not something to, like, lie about, which I didn't know because I was only 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was more, it was a protection that you were putting out there for yourself, right? Yeah. I could have put, like, a small secret. Like, I, like... I have a pumpkin collection. Or I if, so if you were to do it over today. Or I destroy laptops for fun. 
<laughs> like that's what I would have done. Then I would put my real secret mm. if I were to do it today. Mm-hmm. There's this one secret that's like I barfed my watch up, and I'm just <laughs> I just <laughs> noticed that right now. <laughs> oh that's my god! <laughs> so that it sounds like that almost came out accidentally. You weren't really planning to tell her mm-hmm. yet, but it kind of came out. And then it sounds like it was a good experience mm-hmm. that she accepted you and she didn't go like, Oh, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Like, How did she, what did she say to you after you said, yeah, she didn't believe me because for some reason I passed so well, even though I thought like I looked like a little boy. Oh, I interesting. then she wouldn't believe me. Then I just started sending her pictures and then she believed me like at least 10 minutes, 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes later, she just believed me. And then like, she was supportive, obviously, because she is part of the LGBT community. So, mm-hmm. and all LGBTs are supposed to supposed to support each other. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And video games and uh, what have you. Uh, I mean, I think I would probably push back a little bit on whether uh, you should be using a an, an anonymous uh, story generator in Instagram to. To generate the kinds of stories and experiences that she's talking about that sort of worked for her. Yeah. Right? I don't think I would be inclined to make that a universal, uh, no, you but, know, experience. Uh, but it worked for her. Well, and the other thing is I think there's got to be, that's got to be one of the first steps of kids who don't know how to come out. Right? Whether sure. we're talking about gay or doesn't matter Gender, whatever it is right you have a right. secret and how to get it out there i think that so often kids are using social media and these anonymous 100%. 100%. boards right to kind of it's almost like they're testing the water right for sure right and and these kids have that available to them mm-hmm. where uh, you know an older generation would be going to the municipal library mm-hmm. and you know looking for books in that section of the library you know where, uh, uh, you know, oh, it's very embarrassing to be in this section of the library. Yeah, you know, that kind right, of thing, right, right, right. Um, the thing that, so I looked at, obviously, you could, you can, we could call this segment, you know, uh, Jennifer learns how to use a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer she, arrives in 2012. Right. Oh, look, look, everything is just dandy. She's showing me how to, you know, be able to look at this. This image that she has still on her phone. Right. And it does. It looks, it's kind of got this black background and it's just layers upon layers upon layers of these little in white yeah. sentences yep. that so many people have put on there. And the ones right. that the older ones have faded are kind of fading into the back and the newer ones. I still am not clear on how it was that this friend who saw this could even identify which things that Sam had posted. There's you can't tell who has posted what unless maybe your initial things that you post somehow are are the most clear is the way I took it from that might be from it. Sam, right? But so somehow Or you, the friend made an intuitive leap. Yeah. Yeah. Um so but whatever it is, you know, and then you can go like, well, if she's if she's sharing this intentionally when she knows somebody else is gonna see that, right. you know, is that another way to try and start to inch out and be like right. testing the waters right. and uh, and then I I think it's kind of it's amazing because 
uh, her mom and I talked about this too. Her mom, when she went and told one of the teachers who had had her for almost a year that, in fact, she was born male, and the teacher was just couldn't believe it. Right. <laughs> and Jenner mom says, "Really? <laughs> Are you kidding me?" <laughs> so that's kind of interesting too. Right. Right. You did. You. you, you yeah. Okay, I've got a piece of paper, and this group of people are. It says they're male, and this says they're female. Now we're just we're so used to people dressing all different ways and looking all different ways. Right, and, right. You have very effeminate looking males, and and you have females that you know quite butch. Yeah, right. And you don't, you don't. I don't think we make a lot of assumptions anymore, even about their sexuality, just because they're dressing differently. Right. Where? Yeah, not so much anymore. Right. Uh, you know the. The pink hair, mm-hmm. oh, it's no giveaway in my experience, mm-hmm. right? Uh, pink, green, blue, doesn't say anything other than the person wanted to have pink hair. Yeah. Right? Just like clothing choices clothing. or, mm-hmm. you know, whether you chose to ride a motorcycle or not or mm-hmm. whether you watch, you know, whatever you watch on television or characters you identify with or whatever. None of that absent a person saying, I am X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. tells you anything about X, Y, or Z. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, to me. Yeah. Yeah. So in that way, I think we've come a long way. So that's, that is Indeed. good. Indeed. So that's what else a, do we have? Well, that's about the end of uh, the Sam. last. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit more about, okay, well, how about when you intentionally, because all of her uh, experiences that I knew about those first two, you know, that were kind of accidental and people accepted it and didn't make a big deal about it and still were friends with her or didn't or weren't her friends and yet didn't spread her secret around and didn't talk about it. And so then I asked her about, well, what about, can you tell me about intentionally telling people? And, and, you know, she kind of brushed that off too. And like, yeah, she's told people and, you know, now she's got a friend in one of her classes and they make jokes about transgender as a religion or something <laughs> as kids do right that's yeah a, right right they joke about things now right. so um yeah i mean it was like i said going into this interview i really thought it was gonna go one way and it completely went a different direction that's awesome right yeah so that's good uh well, she's got such a confident voice yeah i know and she really has a sense of who she is her life experience mm-hmm. how that shaped mm-hmm uh, you know her upbringing and where she is now, and she's only a freshman in high school. Yeah, many don't have this level of poise. It's true. And we'll see where, you know, we'll have to revisit her. And I'm in sure a couple of years. Y- yes, um, many people are probably have a lot of questions that have gone unanswered from this episode that that her mom will answer for us. Right. right, yeah. Some Th- this of the is the things she touched yeah. on, we want to know more about. We want to know an adult perspective on, well, did it really go like that? Yeah, and right. Mom and Dad, were you guys doing some things behind the scenes to make... So I'm going to ask her mom a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, and she's she's got a lot of good information as well. And I asked her mom, like, at the end of our, the interview with her mom, I say, can you please give some advice to, you know, administrators... Uh, can you give advice to parents? Can advice to people who might be dealing right. with a situation? Right. She's got some great things to say. Brilliant. So that'll be. I'm looking forward to that episode next. So that's episode three. Yeah. Which is next? Uh, continuing the theme. Yeah. But now switching from 
hearing Sam's voice to hearing her mother's voice. Mm-hmm. I think you'll really enjoy it. Next time on Many Windows. See you then. Okay, bye. <laughs>